0: Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival. Welcome to podcast episode number 272. Now, last year, I was fortunate enough to do some training on a shooting system that's been very controversial in the tactical industry, mostly because it's gotten some big kudos from several police departments. But you know how the internet is, haters gonna hate, right? Well, I got a lot out of the training and the trainer, so I'm really excited to have him added to our network and introduce you to him and his powerful training methods in this week's show. And don't forget to grab this week's free show notes, including a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the main points. Again, it's absolutely free, so go check it out over at www.mcsmagazine.com slash 272. And now, let's talk tactics.
1: Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival.
0: What if there was a tactical shooting system that universally allowed you to apply the same exact principles across all platforms? Pistol, rifle, and shotgun. What if you could master an integrated firing method that gives you the power to transition seamlessly from one firing position to another and quickly engage targets at all ranges with lightning fast speed? And what if training in this system was so intuitive that it didn't require hours and hours of practice to master its principles so you can literally become a better protector of yourself and those you love practically overnight? If all this sounds like a dream, something that's too good to be true, well I have news for you. It's real and it's called Center Axis Relock System or CAR for short. A created by former detective and weapons trainer, the late Paul Castle, Carr hit the tactical industry pretty hard, and a version of it has even been used by Keanu Reeves in the hit John Wick action film series. But it hasn't been without its controversy over its usefulness as a tactical shooting system. And getting to the bottom of Carr's place in your own self-protection platform is why we're here today. Hello everyone, this is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat Survival Magazine, with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. With us today to help shed some light on CAR's practical applications and its evolution to today and beyond is the official heir to our continued development of this system, Jeff Johnsgaard. Jeff, welcome to the program, man. Thanks,
2: Jeff. Good to be here.
0: Good to have you here. Uh, actually, Actually, after training with you, it's finally good to finally get you on one of our podcasts here. Um, Listen, everybody, this is the first time Jeff's been on our show, and he's a full-time police officer and declared to be the official heir to the Center Axis Relox system by its creator, Paul Castle, before his premature death in 2011. Now, since then, Jeff has proudly continued to forward the car system both in technique and in instructional framework to adapt to modern tactical demands. Now, the latest evolution of car is Jeff's progression to a more comprehensive fighting approach integrating elements of CAR with other physical defense tactics, including techniques learned as serving as international director of training for the legendary Kelly S. Warden. Now, Jeff calls this integration 360-degree CQD for close quarter defense, and it marks the next phase of his unique instructional methods to aid learning and retention of these life-saving skills. Now, to find out more about Jeff and his center-axis relock and 360-degree CQD training, please make sure you visit him online at www. NaturalTactical.com. All right, Jeff. This is uh, this I know this is going to be like one of our most controversial <laughs> segments that we've ever had because Syneraxis Relax is is one of those things out there. that I think is often it's really misunderstood. Uh, if people go looking for it online, um, you and I have talked. Like some people that are putting out what it does don't even really know what it does. Like they may have taken a class and they're trying to represent it. Other people might poo poo it because they don't understand it or they think it's some new. Wizardry uh, tactical system out there and and you know, everybody is a naysayer Nobody likes to really change what they do and and center axis relock is very very unique And different than a lot of other shooting systems out there um So I think the first hurdle we have to get over is yes, it is different and Why like what are maybe the advantages that center axis relock has over? more traditional shooting mechanics that might be learned out there so if you could I mean you probably I know you get hit this all the time so this is our opportunity right now like what are some of the biggest benefits of car in relation to other more traditional forms of uh, shooting
2: Uh, well yes you're right that's uh, obviously an excellent question and context is everything so uh, some of the biggest naysayers to the car system just simply don't understand, I guess, the way that I do, or the way that was meant to be, the system itself. So what we'll do is, is I'll just say straight off the bat that the car system, as I learned it, uh, and was taught by Paul Castle to me, he would almost approach it as a, uh, why are you doing that when you should be doing this type of idea? But that's not how I approach it. Um, I actually shoot weaver and I and or isosceles, just depending on the, uh, the context. And the car system works in conjunction with those things, not opposed to them. And so that's the number one thing. Uh, You know, I'm quite happy doing business with my arms extended and things of that nature when this situation is good. So just think of the car system like a Phillips screwdriver. It's really, really good for a Phillips screw head, but it's not really good for other things. Now, what are those Phillips screw heads? So, what is the car system actually going to do for you? So, when I take people, um, uh, most often who are usually they're they're quite trained when I when I get them or when they come to my classes and they're just willing to give it a try. So, they've already got skills and drills in, like I said, that Weaver I saw these kind of area, the traditional area of shooting. So, right away, I would, uh, uh, I mean, as any good class would go, you give them a. Uh, you give them a, a shoot maybe, and then by the end of the class, you give them a shoot again, and now you see how your times are better or something of that nature. Well, the, the number one benefit in my mind is to just simply say, let's put you in a vehicle. So if I was seated as I am for this interview instead of standing like I normally do at my desk, Uh, uh, How are you going to actually move and protect in a 360-degree range of motion? Well, as we all know, of course, not as optimally in a weaver isosceles. So right off the bat, you have 360 degrees of aimed fire using the car system. Uh, That's number one are you ever in a vehicle? Are you ever needing to protect from a vehicle? Are you a citizen? Are you a police officer? Um, there's been some research done about both by Force Science and by uh, uh, Dr. Greg Vecchi, who's uh, I work through uh, in the United States, uh, saying that ambushes uh, in vehicles are on the rise, things of that nature. So even if you could just simply learn the system, as, as I would like to teach it to you, fairly quickly, in all honesty, so that, and I'll just grab the blue gun for a second, so that you could then aim in 360 degrees from a vehicle, that alone would give you more skills and drills where you didn't have them before. So even if it was just that, context-driven, just in a vehicle alone, that would be a huge one. The other one is the weapon retention platform, and the weapon protection platform. The method itself, in that it's compressed positions, in that uh, it, uh, what you're doing is you're creating time and distance. I can certainly explain. It's it's uh, the length of your podcast. So you let me know. <laughs> but uh, the, the positions themselves are going to offer you the ability for weapon retention and protection. And when I say that, you, will, you know from being there. Simply put, one-handed against the strongest guy in the room with a two-hand hold on your gun. Well, you know, you can take it back. Uh, so even if you didn't like the system or heard something wrong about it or whatever it might be, and you're not willing to to kind of let me teach you what it it really should be. The weapon protection skills, number two, are absolutely phenomenal. And then the real benefit, once I've kind of bought you onto that page and had you practice those things and they they start coming together for you, those first two, the third one would be, uh, I would just say, your ability to adapt to your environment. Meaning, as you get closer to someone, your gun should get further away. As you get closer to an unknown, like a doorway or something of that nature, you need to be able to protect. And, you know, when things go wrong and they end up in the paper or something like that, that's because of that gray area. The person wasn't just listening to your commands and uh, and staying at distance. There was a weapon transition, maybe. There was more people at scene where, although the main offender was at distance and you had your arms extended, there were other people there, and now your gun and your position may become compromised. All those things that, uh, unfortunately, real-life encounters sometimes entail especially if you're an armed citizen, I mean, you're not going to be doing business at 25 yards, most likely anyway. So you've got to be real uh, quick and sharp in that area Uh, to to dive into it more. I mean, the unfortunate statistics for law enforcement officers killed and assaulted. um, And we can certainly put the link in the show notes to my website. There's a couple of articles in the uh, ILFE that we wrote on the, the foundations of the car system. So both telling you how it works and the unfortunate stats for officers killed and assaulted. I want to say it was at least a 16-year period where you know almost 50 percent were within five feet, uh, you know 70 percent within 10 feet, 80 percent within 20 feet. We must master and own those distances. So once again, uh, the context I'd like for this conversation would be, uh, you know, you have skills, you have training, Jeff. I mean, I saw it myself, uh, quite good. Uh, but if I got close enough to you, you wouldn't put your arms out like that. You would do some kind of modification of that in some way, shape, or form. Well, this system, meaning the car system, works from the holster out to wherever you're good doing business or you're, you're able to have your arms extended and do business. Uh, it's an entire system that works that way. It works for my daughter. It works for my wife. It works for me with a broken clavicle. It's not based on strength. Uh, it's actually medically evidenced. Um, so, not to get long-winded, but there you are, brother.
0: No, and um, and I and I should let everybody know. Like I, I did take the the car uh, beginner class out in um, an undisclosed place. <laughs> I'll just put it like that. But um. It was, um, and and Jeff, I'm not, there's no, there's no smoke blowing here. This was one of the best classes that I ever took. I mean, first of all, outside of car, you're just, you're a really great instructor. I mean, I love the way, the way that you train, um, Canadian jokes and everything all included. Um, but it's, um, the the couple things that I found after going through the training and actually at the training also, there were two things that I, I found really important. One was in that close quarters, um, area, I found that car worked best for me in room clearing. Than the other than the other methods that I was using before, because I could really get I could I could limit my exposure more, I could bring the the weapon in closer to me, I could get past the doorway much faster, either into the doorway or or past it within the hallway, and still maintain a better vision, uh, better field of vision, and just I felt like have better accuracy there as well. We didn't do that at the at the actual uh, training center, but. Um, when I found in, in like dry firing through my home, it really worked well for me. I was really surprised about that. The other thing I think that was really interesting, and I don't know if you had this at other, other classes too. I think this was really for everybody that was, that was there a class, but like we start off by shooting as fast as we can. And it was amazing how, even in my own mind, I'm, I, I get used to just kind of like the one second intervals and everything. And part of that is gun ranges don't allow you typically to go faster than one round per second. But then also just being able to get the round, the uh, the firearm back onto target in a more traditional shooting platform, it, it it requires lots of practice for a lot of people. Beginners have a really hard time kind of keeping that, keeping the uh, the weapon, the recoil manageable, so that they can pull that trigger as fast as possible and unleash as much lead as you can into the bad guy to stop him. And the the specific way that you hold the the weapon, I'm going to get into this real right now. Um made it really easy to put rounds on target very accurately without having to u- even use the sites in some cases and then just um, but being able to really unleash a lot of lead in a in a very short period of time. and so I think um what I want to do now is this will be kind of hard I think for for people to uh, maybe get that are just listeners that aren't watching a video version of this, but there are videos that you have on your site as well. but if you could, some people that don't under don't know car other than what they the bastardized version that they see in the John Wick films. And you and I have talked about that, but um, how can you kind of explain to somebody that's listening what the kind of the main differences or what would it kind of look like as a difference in how they're in, how they would actually hold or use the weapon to engage a target in that close quarters, uh, area.
2: Well, yes, I forgot that some people are not going to see the video. So (laughs) it's going to be a little bit, uh, interesting. I'm up for it, brother. Okay. So, uh, once again, just think about it like it is reverse engineered from absolute zero. So as I say in every class, uh, you know, I walk right up to a student and, I, and I, I touch my nose to them almost, right? Where I'm saying your skills and drills are the, or the thing that works for you, maybe arms extended or something like that, works really well in certain areas and certain times and speeds. Just think about this system is completely reverse engineered from absolute contact outward. So since I do have a blue gun, and for the point of people on uh, that do have a, a, uh, a camera, we might as well do that. And please, if you're listening on audio, just go to the YouTube channel because it would be so much easier. But So I know I'm seated, and I'm going to point this blue gun downward, but that's the point of it for now, right? So that traditional, like let's say a Sewell position, or then locked across the chest. So there are three shooting positions in the car system. Uh, uh, one of them is weaver and isosceles. We just call it the apogee position for – reasons that uh with the creator uh paul castle had named it so keeping his memory alive um nonetheless so one of them is that if you know that position already if you shoot like that you already know one third of it right then and there um, then a compressed shooting position which would be this one here which is holding the gun uh much closer to the body but as you can see what i'm actually doing is, is i'm holding it in my right hand i'm actually aiming with my left eye and conversely, I'm holding it in my left hand, I'm aiming with my right eye. Now you don't have to do that, but one of the benefits of the CAR system is the elimination of dual sight picture. Once again, this is all written out uh, and graphs and all the rest of it in those articles, um, and I can get into it further, but what you're doing is, is you get depth perception and, and stereoscopic vision uh, as we do both eyes facing forward in our heads, you know, unlike those cool little lizards that have one eye off to the side and can snap a bug, you know, something like that monopic vision. So you get dual sight picture, meaning if I were just to hold my uh, trigger finger out, as I'm doing right now, covering your nose on the screen, or if someone's just listening to this, a light switch or something across the room, and they were to look at the tip of their trigger finger, they'll see two light switches. If they look at the light switch, they'll see one of those and two trigger fingers. That's because we get convergence. Our eyes converge on one point in time and space. Anything we perceive before or after that, we will see two of. Well, in a Uh, you know, uh, sympathetic nervous system in a fight or flight situation, and I'm driving my gun out, looking at the front sight in theory, uh, you know, which bad guy am I shooting at? Or if I'm looking at the bad guy, which front sight am I using? And then this is a whole bunch to this uh, learning of the eyes. And, and uh, as you well know, having gone through it, the thing is, is that by simply turning my head, I put the bridge of my nose in the way, therefore taking that dual sight picture and eliminating it without all the negatives of closing an eye. And I'll just briefly skim over those. If I close an eye, I lose depth perception. Well, it's very important to know, is that little girl in front or behind that guy? Am I behind cover? Is there a hole I'm gonna step in? You know, Depth perception is key to us, especially in a fight for, for our lives. Uh, I lose out on more than 50% of the vision uh, that I have because obviously one eye is closed, uh, but as well, uh, both of our eyes have an optic nerve at the back, so therefore there are no rods or cones, which receives... The, uh, the the light, the information, so you're losing more than 50%. When I close one eye, the other eye, pupil actually dilates, which is not good for a pinhole camera. Uh, so it's letting in more light. It's very not optimal for, for a gunfight situation when, of course, I'm not really thinking that well because someone's shooting at me or something like that. So... Uh, once again, that's that, that's that kind of compressed position. But then the one that we start people off in is the weapon protection position. So this was the one right away across the chest where you're holding the gun. Now, it just depends on the length of my arms here. I'm pointing to my humerus uh, on the video. Uh, but the idea being that because you're locking it in, As in locking this in, there's three different ways uh, that we go over, three different things we go about. Number one is squeezing our scapulas together. Number two would be relaxing of our traps. And number three is pressing in to the two fingers in our hand, releasing that pinky a little bit to allow our trigger finger to move much faster and easier. As you said, the proof's in the pudding, which is why I put my money where my mouth is on on the actual live training events is that, uh, you know, you can't reduce the recoil of a gun, but you can certainly reduce the felt recoil of a gun. Uh, and so for shits and giggles, I can't remember if I did it on uh, on the course we were on, you know, I'll take a 12-gauge slug shotgun and shoot it standing on one foot with one hand, uh, or a pistol-grip shotgun, uh, once again, slug, and shoot it out of the shoulder, just showing the massive amounts of recoil reduction. Not that I do that as a tactic, but just to kind of buy, them, buy you onto that page to give it a try. So uh, I hate doing things like this so quickly and, in brevity, but please, you know, um, ask any questions if you, if you like to, to refine that.
0: Yeah. And there's some really good, I mean, I mean, yeah, like I said, <laughs> this is a super challenge just to try and get you to describe it, uh, to listeners that are out there. But again, for everybody to see this, go and check out the website, naturaltactical.com uh, as well as maybe you have a, a YouTube channel as well. I think, I don't know if you have any of the videos like actually on your, uh, on your site but we're going to link over to your site over there anyway so definitely everybody can go over there and check out and see Jeff's instruction some of the classes as well that'll show how to do this. Um, listen everybody we've been talking with Jeff Johnsgaard of naturaltactical.com about the center axis relock shooting system and its potential place in your own self-protection training. Now coming up, we'll explore cars' evolution and how to look at your own self-protection training from new angles to be better prepared for a life or death encounter, including answering the question, should you abandon your current shooting system and tactics for something new like this? Why and how to integrate other defensive tactics with your firearms training? And how to accelerate your mastery of any tactical skill for superior learning and retention? All that more coming right up, but first, check out this special message. What if
1: everything you knew about how to stop a violent attacker with your gun was wrong? Discover the advanced tactics you must know now to protect yourself and those you love with a firearm. Check out our free book, Stopping Power Secrets. Inside, you'll find such no-hold-barred shockers as 1. The three most common myths and misinformation shoveled out by movies and gun range know-it-alls that could get you killed in a real-life gunfight. 2. The cold, hard truth about your personal weapon's ability to be a one-shot man-stopper. 3. What coroners know about selecting the right ammo for your firearm that you don't. 4. And the simple training trick used by Abrams tank crews and commercial airline pilots that will prepare you for a real attack even better than your best day at the range don't place your family's safety in the hands of hollywood fairy tales and hearsay claim your free copy of stopping power secrets now, now at www.stoppingpowersecrets.com and now
0: back to the show okay we're back with jeff Johnsguard of naturaltactical.com talking about the center axis relock shooting system and how to integrate all of your tactical training into a powerful self-protection platform. Now it's time to get all the juicy stuff out now. So let's go ahead and jump back in our interview now. So, so Jeff, if, um, I think one of the things is everybody looks at, everybody often looks at things as like an all or nothing sort of thing. Like I learned this way and this is the way I do it. And they don't like to relearn something because they think they have to abandon everything that they learned and then move over to something else. And that's not even, I, I know that's not even like your. context that you even look at your own tactical development and your skills. And so let's answer that question. Like, um, and I think this kind of lends into what some of the naysayers might be out there, like, you know, puffing their chest out on forums is, do you have to abandon your current shooting skills to learn this platform? I think we covered this a little bit in like the benefits of car, but what do you say to those people? Um, probably Actually, I probably would never even engage these people because it, it, it seems so closed minded. But for those that see an all or nothing sort of thing, is this something that people really can't integrate with, their, with what they do now? Like, What, what, what do you say to people like that, that feel like they have to abandon what they're doing? Uh,
2: honestly, I believe it's a really good question. And I believe it's a good question because most people, whether they're law enforcement, civilian, whatever it might be, you only have so much time. And at the end of the day, especially if you're practicing something or training in something that you're going to use to save your life, which is super important, nothing's more important than my family, and I want to protect them properly. Uh, looking at some new tactic that hasn't been proven or hasn't been, I don't know, something like that would be, a, it's a big deal. And so uh, number one, I would simply say that, uh, you know, this, uh, you might not hear about it very much, but I have never, and I've done... Australia, Brazil this year, and nine trips to the United States this year alone. And I have never had one class of one person come up to me and say that this doesn't have value. I've had many people say they don't know if they could get into their academy or something of that nature or their or their federal training uh, platform because it's very regimented to, as I said, a weaver isosceles. Uh, but uh, I just simply say, well, why don't you have a vehicle combat course or something like that? So then it sneaks in that way very easily. So uh, the simple, short answer is absolutely not. You do not have to uh, stop or modify, in fact, even modify. You know how to do business the way you do, but the big win that you don't realize yet or that just because we haven't trained together, I'm talking to the listeners, is that uh, it's the approach. It's the how. And so uh, it's all in how you approach learning this, what context it's given, and then how the way you already know how to do things and the way this would be in your mind different, uh, how those things are going to come together um, in a real-life situation. You know, I'm, I'm very happy that you're a good marksman. I'm very happy that you you train well, uh, that you know how to put shots down in a good group. But the point being is that you know as well as I do that gunfights aren't like that. And uh, now how are you going to pin someone on the ground or and still shoot? How are you going to kneel on that femoral artery and cover the 360 degrees when needed? How are you going to, uh, you know, shoot one-handed or weapon protect uh, while holding back your kid or something of that nature? And that's where the power of this system really comes out. Those people who train, and I'll say weaver isosceles, once again, that I do as well, uh, are going to modify their technique in some way, shape, or form in order to apply it to that situation and context. And this system allows you to have a format and a platform that works in harmony with, uh, with your body. Uh, things we haven't spoken on yet, body alarm response and, and how these techniques actually work to, uh, to elongate your usability under stress and pressure, uh, to recover the body quicker uh, because of how you're able to breathe and, and take pressure off the diaphragm, allow blood through your, uh, uh, through your uh, arms and that so, so you have more strength uh, and, uh, and, and exertion and, and, and uh, endurance, uh, all these things work together. So to clarify, it's how you actually present the information to the student, which I'm very big on. I assume we're going to get into kind of in the next few questions.
0: Yeah. So let's go ahead and do that because I mean, I know th- this has evolved over time. Like I know Paul Castle started as in one place, but what I like about, your training is that it isn't meant to be like gospel. Like it isn't, it is an evolution. And especially since those attacks often do come in that five foot to 10 foot range there, it's not going to be like everybody thinks where, you know, the bad guys across the street, you know, seven, seven yards away and saying, Hey, give me your wallet. There's other skills that have to be integrated with that. And, um, I know you've been doing hand-to-hand combat for, many, many years. You are the um, international director for Kelly S. Warden. I think the, I, I know you've done a lot of work with, with him. I've seen your hand-to-hand training that you've done and integrating it with the car system and other, and other shooting tactics as well. So let's talk about that because I think that's really like foundationally, I think that's where I really want people to really be able to get to is that your shooting system can't be a standalone thing that you're going to, you're going to, your life is going to rely on. It has to integrate other things. So how do you see all of these tools coming together, um, especially as you've evolved this into this comprehensive 360-degree uh, CQD that you've developed as well? Um, that was the the basis for it. So, kind of talk us through how how that evolved to 360-degree CQD. Uh,
2: okay, uh, so words have meaning, and so in fact, I there it is. Training at the speed of life, a book by. Ken Murray, right? So, training at the speed of life—the reality-based <laughs> training textbook, uh, you know, Volume One. Uh, I never knew how much I didn't know. I didn't know about proper training until I met Ken Murray, and he challenged me to use words. That words have meaning, he said, and it was—it was almost silly, but it was. Uh, when I went to his instructor course on how to do proper scenario training, I realized that uh, we just weren't doing it optimally. Um, and so once again, he challenged me that words have meaning. So the short version of that is center axis relock. What does that even mean? Right. It's not intuitive. Um, and nothing against Paul Castle. We had many discussions over that and he loved his acronyms and things of that nature, but let's just look at something as simple as a, uh, a combat or a tactical reload. Uh, so most likely listeners are going to be, uh, are going to be quite quite familiar with those terms, well, simply like, uh, your gun ran out of bullets, for, for one example, or there is a, quote, lull in the gunfight, whatever that's supposed to mean, and you want to top up and get a new magazine in there, uh, uh, just in case. Um, so... You have to learn, because of these Gucci words that we as instructors have put on them, combat and tactical, you have to not only learn what the technique is and how to do it, but they're not intuitive. You have to learn what my word combat and tactical reload actually means. So I'm adding to the cognitive load of the student who then has to try and figure out which one they're even supposed to do because they haven't been in the world uh, of, of this sort of thing as long as you and I have where it was literally pounded into us in basic and things of that nature. So, why do I need to add with words or the terms I'm using the cognitive load of the student who then, under stress and pressure, is supposed to calm, cool, and collectively use their forebrain to think of it, uh, you know, when lead swine? Meaning, so when you hear 360 degrees CQD, close quarter defense, 360 degrees, it intuitively, at least with the name, says, you know, a full circle, a full package. It's not just firearms, but it's defensive tactics, that concept in there as well. And then close quarter D defense, yes, combat and B battle are, are cool buzzwords I love, but court defensibility, D defense is a lot better as well because I want to win that fight after the fact as well um so in brevity that's what i'm talking about i uh i quite often will say i shoot with my feet uh which is i know a a silly thing to say but it causes you to stop for a second and and look at me with that inquisitive what do you what did you just mean by that I, i punch with my feet i block a punch with my feet well i also shoot with my feet meaning i use my whole body to do it and that's very important to me so it's not a matter of having to study with Kelly Warden or whomever, Krav Maga, or something like that, and these tactics for a long period of time, and firearms, and then try and mesh those together into a system for yourself uh, that works for you. And uh, once again, you're not only adding to cognitive load because of terms and things of that nature, but you're also adding to the amount of time before you're actually usable, uh, meaning in 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 a stress and pressure situation, because there's so much other stuff that you have to know the finesse as to how to add to it which all that is just simply cut away with 360 CQD. Um, Kelly Warden, uh, a man I I greatly admire for his skill set, is so good at doing one thing. He'll take one person in, and uh, he always says he gets you better for a fight on Monday. So in one session in the gym, and that's what I really tried to learn from him, look at that person see where they're at and and you should be able to test this from the course i would hope is that everyone there was a different background but everyone there i tweaked the information to that gave them skills so that they could start crawl walk run assess uh, at their own kind of individual tangent from that information as a central point so you learn it faster and then in fact if I've developed uh, a quite, a, quite a bit just in Seattle last weekend. So now I'm having the students, I hand them a, a, a page workbook, take these pictures and videos. These are the drills that you will practice. You get to see yourself doing it on your own phone, doing it 100%. Now this is how I want you to practice it so we can have a higher quality of conversation when we come back together for the next training event. Um, yeah, so I think I'm answering your question, but <laughs> it's an all-encompassing kind of concept there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, um, definitely. I, mean, I think we've been talking around it the entire time, which is basically, you know, if we were nail it down to, you know, caveman words, you know, you need to be able to know how to use your hands 360 degrees around you. You never know when an attack is going to happen. And uh, and so you have to really know these skills. What I think was really important about what you said, and and we're, we're kind of guilty of, we, we push dry fire a lot, as everybody should be doing dry fire, but it doesn't discount that the range has its place. That Private instruction has its place. That group classes have their place. That competitions have their place. All these things have their place. And uh, but I, I like that you you know you you bring a value to um, what a good instructor can do with somebody is to they can see what you're doing wrong because if you're just doing dry fire if you're if you're just going to the range and you don't have anybody that is a sherpa that can take you up the mountain that can look at what you're doing and and tweak things here and there and personalize it for you then you might be instilling. Training scars, right? Bad habits that might be holding you back from being a better, not just a better shooter, but a better protector, and that it goes for all everything. Like that's why I like how you integrate the hand to hand with things as well, because you could have somebody that's really, really good. They're an awesome shooter on the range, but they don't like they don't. I have got a gun. What do I need hand to hand for? And you can you can work with them on ways that they can integrate these things to be able to do that. Um, again, a lot of the I've really like I've seen some of your. Um, some of your YouTube videos where you've done that with some people on the range and some very unique things in close quarters combat that I don't think I've really seen before. I haven't trained with uh, with Kelly before. Uh, I will be out there. I think next year, though, I will be out, be out there. Get out to the camp and everything. But um, but yeah, I think there was there was a lot of good value in that. But listen, this is so obviously there's there's value in all of those different ways of training, right? Um, going to the range, dry fire, hand to hand combat. Personal instruction. Um, a lot of people don't either have the time or want to invest that much money in going to all of these different courses that are out there, and, and most people just aren't that into it. But they still want to be able to protect themselves. So I, I, I haven't shied away from giving you some hard questions yet. So why stop now? But basically, how do you? How does some? What's the best way for somebody to approach their training and develop these skills quickly without investing a lot of money? Um, like, how do, they, how do they learn how to integrate these things that we're, that we're talking about here? I mean, car is one of them. What do you have available, available for people that they can at least get a taste of it? Um, and then what about, like, what should people be working on as far as, like, um, like in order to even open up their mind to uh, being able to integrate other aspects rather than just going down to the range and trying to get a one-inch shot group?
2: Uh, okay. Well, great question. <laughs> So, um, for those people who aren't seeing us on video, uh, what I'm going to, I'm putting a fist up in the upper chest and I'm putting a fist up in the head there. So just imagine that we were at the range and you shot a group in that upper chest and you shot a group up in the head there and you and I are standing together, Jeff. And now, uh, then bing, there's one way over the left shoulder there. There's a beautiful little hole, completely not on the target, but on the paper somewhere like that. And I would say to all the listeners and myself included, which I've done many times, you're going to go home, Wh- which one are you going to think about? Are you going to think about the 300, uh, you know, sight squeeze, surprise discharges, the nice sight picture afterward and all the rest of it in all those two groups? Are you going to think about that little guy up there? So most likely we are, because my parents never had a parenting license, you know, I never learned how to, uh, how to teach my kid. I certainly never learned when I was a kid how to mentally go about optimizing myself for what I was learning and how and things of that nature. So uh, if you can then just imagine that you go home and from every red light on, you know, uh, for the rest of the time, you're, you're thinking about what went wrong and how, if you don't reframe that into some sort of positive aspect, the one, you know, when we talk about neurons and synapses and building quote unquote muscle memory, which is a, is a term I don't like. I mean, muscles don't have memory, right? But we can get into that winning conversation some other time you're going to keep imprinting all the quote-unquote negative things from that one shot. Instead of failure equals feedback, what can I learn from this and what can I take forward? Ending on a high note and letting that one sit. Um, I'm not a dog trainer, but my good friend uh, is, is. And uh, he said that if we would train a dog for one day, the same way we train a recruit or, heaven forbid, a, a, a newbie in, in the military, we would break that dog in a second and uh, they would be of absolute no use to us. We would then turn them into either a fear-biter or or someone who's not willing to even use force when force is necessary because they're worried about losing their house or something of that nature. All the things that a lot of firearms training and a lot of uh, fear lore and and media and things of that uh, are pushing to us. So if under the the stress and pressure, if at the time of decision, um, if you're feeling anxious, you're going to go to, uh, well, if you, if you think you do not have the tools and the talent to deal with the situation, you're going to go to anxiety. If you do believe you have the tools and the talent to deal with the situation, you're going to go to exhilaration. Uh, and that's where I want the person who's in a fight or uh, flight, so to speak, situation. I want them thinking. I would gladly take away the thing you're best at, whether that's a, a cool punch and move or whatever it might be, in order to give you the ability to think your way through a critical incident. Um, more than any uh, more than any technique or tactic and so uh, in my mind that's that's kind of the big the big thing we're missing the boat with is that uh, uh, then to then to then train so getting down to the bare bones of your your question how can I do this how can I do this uh, uh, for less money or how can I do this without traveling all over the world and things like that well I mean I would simply have to say just you know for your listeners just email me because your context is everything where are you at? What's your previous training? Dry fire has an amazing place. Uh, Learning to handle the recoil of a weapon has, has a place, therefore, a live fire range. But at the same time, I'm worried that you will develop training scars by practicing improperly, and you didn't even know it. And that could be something as simple as, Uh, doing your reloads and things in a not optimal place uh, so that your head drops and you're not seeing that. Uh, That just means maybe not even using the biomechanics of the position as effectively to shave time off. But if you're not thinking that um, how would I then defend at a very close range and and what are the positions I would use? And those positions are all the same, whether they're empty hand or not. Or if you're not contemplating, how do I actually deal with a guy uh, who's who's putting pressure on me physically when I always do my concealed carry draw, uh, you know, uh, uh, without physically being in an off-put position? Uh, You need to know how to deal with someone and get to your gun and then get to a position of advantage. Uh, uh, If if you're not integrating those things and they do not, in fact, they should not be done at a very high speed uh, uh, thing. Uh, As you remember, for the first time we move and shot on our course, it was super duper slow. But in your mind, you're actually running. And right? but I want that perfect framework. I want you to understand how to lead the course knowing how to practice properly, uh, you know for the next year when we meet again. And that same thing goes for for any of that kind of conceptual training. Uh, to understand how to do it in your mind, uh, one of the biggest benefits to uh, uh, to proper visualization and training is, and actually I wasn't aware of this till uh, t- I had to research it as well, was that uh, if you sit and think and make it as alive as possible, this, the this situation, the incident in your mind, and that might be anything. I'm in a vehicle, I uh, see someone approaching, uh, I think of the sound, the smells, the, uh, the, the, uh, the feel of the whatever it might be, the seatbelt across me and the, and the gun in my hand or something like that, as rich and alive as you can make it in your mind, going through that incident, but do it 100% properly and effectively. Not, even when visualizing, people will often screw things up. So go through it all the way through in your mind, 100% the way it should be done in your mind, optimally. That is, your brain can, uh, does not know the difference between that and actually doing it in a physical situation. So there's, uh, what's his name, Larry Basham, he's got a great book uh, um, where he's making a lot of money talking to golfers uh, as well as some other people in the shooting community. And he just tells them, you know, if you putt and miss, just go back, think about it going in. Now, he's telling people who already have the skills and ability to leave after doing it perfectly and remember that one. He's not telling people who don't have the skills and ability who misread the putt or misread the situation so that it's like you always get a trophy or something of that nature either. So context is everything, but that, that ability to speak to ourselves, that ability to not harp on the negative, that shot that missed, that ability to, uh, um, to maximize our time, I now work out a ton less and have gotten further physically. I now, because I'm, I'm focusing on the recovery aspect, on the parasympathetic, on, the, uh, on how to learn better, faster, uh, and that's the point, um, simply put.
0: Yeah. 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 That's awesome, Jeff. I mean, listen, um, I, and I think that's one of the things that really separates your training and why it was, I, I felt it was a, a really great course was because it wasn't just like, Hey, I've got this really cool skill. Let me show you how to do it. Um, you really focus in on the foundational elements of, of how does somebody learn something and retain something to take that skill away from. Not just it was a really cool day at the range and I learned this John Wick move or whatever. Um, You really put a lot of thought, research, and development into how do I transfer those skills over to the student. And um, listen, everybody, I mean, as much as we've talked about all of this, I highly recommend to to go ahead and and sign up for one of Jeff's courses. You'll find it on his website. Again, website is www.naturaltactical.com. You can go ahead and get on his email list. There, he'll keep you up to date on when the different, uh, where he's traveling, where he's going to be, and you can sign up for those courses. Highly recommended. Not only were there there were there were actual tactical skills not related to even car that I changed during that course. In fact, there were some real aha moments for me where it was like, you know what. I hadn't thought about doing it that way and it just makes total sense and I started doing it that way. But then I have adapted a car to the systems that I've already used and, and, and developed even for myself and my own self-protection platform. And so I can't say enough good things about it really. I mean definitely go out and check it out. I hope to see uh, some of you out at one of the courses. I'm trying to get out to one coming up here uh, eventually as well. So um, but definitely go check out his website. You'll find out more information about training there, videos, uh, training calendar go check it out over at www.naturaltactical.com. So Jeff, thanks so much. Really appreciate you spending time with us here today and giving us at least an introduction for all of this stuff. And uh, everybody listen until our next Modern Combat for all broadcast. This is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive.